Today's sermon is in two parts. First, I need to finish what I started last week. Uh, for the sake of those who've just come, I'll give you a very brief recap. But maybe what you can do for me, I want you to turn to your neighbor and just tell them two things you got from last week. Key points. Tell them about... Hold on. Tell them about... Tell them about gnosis and first tell them why we use greek words sometimes and then tell them about gnosis tell them about idol we dealt with gnosis and we dealt with idol come on talk to them you and me I know you guys keep talking <laughs> I was permanently lifted so you find I'm not going to sing Ganapona I'm not going to fall hallelujah <laughs> permanently lifted Okay. Now, the scripture there is talking about our God and it tells us what he desires. He desires that all men should be saved and come to the epignosis of the truth. Hallelujah. <laughs> the word in the Greek there is epignosis. Now, those who have just come our aim is not to confuse anyone with a Greek word. We explained last week how there are certain times when the English language is limited because the Bible was not written in English. It was written in Hebrew and it was written in Greek. It was translated to Latin and then stayed being translated to other languages such as English. So you find the word that we see as the word knowledge in the Greek, you find the words gnosis, where you get diagnosis, and with that we're referring to scientific knowledge, mental knowledge. And this part is also important, it's got its place. Mental knowledge is important, it does have its place. So there is a place for scientific mental knowledge. And as a matter of fact, since you're supposed to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, you'll notice that God won't respond with revelation knowledge if you've not given him your mind as well. If you've not deliberately put your mind to study the scriptures. So that's where we get diagnosis. And if you noticed, we agreed that for us here, we don't believe the doctor is a liar. Okay? The doctor is just diagnosing. They're just giving mental knowledge. The one who's a liar is the devil. Now listen, if you knew how much power your words carry, 
and also if you knew where liars go and if you knew who the father of liars is you wouldn't want to be called a liar so hallelujah on that one glory to God okay now similarly we talked about we started discussing revelation because there are two kinds of knowledge there is mental earthly knowledge but then there is revelation knowledge now revelation knowledge we are discussing again within it we are discussing two the first one we discussed is the Greek word idol and I told you where are we getting these Greek words from if you are to download I can give you an idea download the application eastward on your computer it's a free application you'll find there is a bible written kjv plus on each scripture you'll find a strong dictionary it will show you the greek word so how i got to know that this one this one, this one the greek word is this one i checked okay now similarly that's why you find us using amplified bible the amplified bible works like an amplifier an amplifier simply re-emphasizes something eh? it makes it louder so the amplifier will help you to see it in light of the hebrew or the greek you'll hear it the way a greek person would hear it Kwasila. So, we sent photos if you're not in the church group either on whatsapp or on facebook or if you ignore the messages in the church group but you read other people's messages when people are busy inboxing you saying they noticed on your facebook profile that you're single so they are declaring their interest those messages you read Hallelujah. Let's hope whoever did that is not a, someone from the city. I would laugh. <laughs> that would be so funny. But nevertheless, because we want you to know this stuff, we try our best to send it to you. So even the sermon is available. You can listen to it again. All the Greek words that I'll use, photos of them will be sent in the group immediately after church not so so immediately they'll be sent so if you are in this church and you're not growing in the knowledge of God one of us has a problem either I'm trying hard not to teach or you're trying hard not to learn and honestly speaking children of God I try <laughs> glory to God foundation class establishment class sometimes we have just class class now it's up to you 
There are cell groups in various locations. Have you found a location near you? We'll get to that. So today we are looking this one, the one God desires. Can you imagine? God desires not just for people to be saved. He desires for them to come to epignosis of the truth. The word for knowledge there is epignosis. Give it to me in the New King James. So to come to the knowledge of the truth. So the word used there is epignosis. But remember I stated that I'll try to give you a parallel from the Hebrew as well, right? Why are you giving me a look as though I'm being complicated? I'm simply showing you, because the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. So even in the Hebrew, I went and searched and discovered that the words for knowledge would change. There is a word in the Hebrew for knowledge called da'at. And that's the one that's used for scientific knowledge. Then there's another word used for knowledge in the Hebrew. Give it to me. So you have it? Give me yada. Yada or something like that. We'll see the pronunciation. Tell your neighbor, follow him. He knows where he's taking us. In the Hebrew, you would use those symbols there. In English, it's written as such. It's written Yada. And you pronounce it Yahuda. Okay, let's just say Yada. And it means to fully a certain in short it means intimate knowledge can i show you a scripture in the old testament that uses this word are you love it give me give me daniel chapter 11 verse 32 this is the word by the way that was used for Adam and Eve when it says Adam knew his wife. Those who wickedly again, who do wickedly against the covenant he shall corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. In short, the people who yada their God, those will be strong and they will carry out great exploits. So how many of you would want to be strong? Raise your hand. How many of you want to do great exploits? Then there is a way you must know God which is beyond scientific knowledge. Hallelujah. But you say glory to God. Say one more time. Now let's look at one use. Now in the Greek, this same word yada in the Greek, it comes out as epignosis. Ask your neighbor, are you still in class?
Kapenati yese mchizungu. I'm waiting for the too much movement to go down. Epignosis. Give me epignosis. Don't worry, I'll, I'll make it simple. That's the word epignosis. What does it mean? Full discernment. Epignosis refers to a kind of knowledge where the person who knows has interacted with what he is knowing. That's epignosis. Let's give an illustration. Come on, Fred. You're good at this. Let's give an illustration. Okay, if you epignosis, that's what God desires for you. He wants you to come to the epignosis of Him. In short, it's beyond mental knowledge. It's full discernment. It's a knowledge that's beyond scientific. It's a knowledge that's beyond mental. Haven't you seen where the Apostle Peter says, even though you've not seen him, you love him. Okay. Precious. Come please. She's been singing a lot for us of late. Come, come, come. And somebody come with a blindfold for Precious. Mam, 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 mam. Like people in church will now know you for those muscles. Yeah, come with a blindfold for Precious. How long have you been in this church? A year plus. So at least you're experienced here. Put on a blindfold. Make sure she's not seeing. She can even look that side. And then there should be a mic. Okay. Okay. So what you guys have to do is very simple. You simply say a sentence, just one sentence. You can say epignosis is full discernment. Precious, you tell us their names. Person number one. You can say it. Hello. Epignosis is full discernment. Yes. Laura. <laughs> yes. Epignosis is full discernment. Laura? Epignosis is full discernment. Again. <laughs> Come on, say it. 
Epignosis is full discernment. <laughs> yeah, you, you can try. But she's from the priest team. Okay. Epignosis is full discernment. Aha. Chungu. Aha. Epignosis is full discernment. Aha. Say it again. Epignosis is full discernment. Okay. I want you to say her name and a sentence you know she will know you by. But not your name. Just say it. Precious, I love baking. Mary Joy. <laughs> okay. You do the same. The Bishop. Jesse. <laughs> okay. Now, for those who don't know, um, in, I, I told her to guess the names, right? Now, this is Davis. Uh, she said Laura. Uh, this is Jesse. Initially, she said Laura. Then when she used the nickname, she knew the name. This is Laura. She said praise team person. <laughs> this is Chungu. Now, Chungu is quite distinct. She immediately knew this was Chungu. She didn't know Mary initially until Mary said a sentence. Now, here's the thing. Do you know why it was easier for her to eventually know Mary and Jesse? They're roommates. So meaning there's a way they've interacted such that even if they were to use a code word, did you see how she easily got it when it was, when she said the bishop? <laughs> Jesse. Why? Because, so it means, it means there is a way they have interacted. There's a way they've interacted. Is somebody getting my point? So meaning, now you can open your you can open the blindfold. Sorry, just out of curiosity. Do you know her name? Yes. Okay. You know do you, you know them all, right? Yes. So meaning she is aware of Mavis. She's reached the place of awareness of Mavis. If someone said that's Mavis, she wouldn't be lost. But she's not come to an epignosis of her. However, if I call Christina, Christina would recognize Mavis if Mavis whispered. <laughs> Haven't you noticed, um, like, there are 52 kids playing outside. One child cries, and only ma one mother walks out. She knows. She knows they can cry. She even knows this is like a cry for pretending, and then this one is the real one. So it means they've spent time together, they've interacted. It's called epignosis. It's full discernment. And there are people who you know. You know, you guys will take your feet. And there are people who you know who, if they are to call you on a strange line, the moment they say hello, you know who it is. Even if they are to try and trick you and change their accent, you know who it is because there is a way you've interacted with them. So what's my point? God desires, give me back the scripture. 
Timothy. God, our God has a desire and he desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. 1 Timothy 2 verse 4. Our God's desire is for pastors to come to the knowledge Are you sure? Our God's desire is for apostles and prophets to come to the knowledge of truth. Our God's desire is for that person in church they call brother. Can you guys give me an example of a brother in the church? It used to be Brother Lastins, and then we, Brother Michael, he's a dick. <laughs> brother Michael, it's God's desire for Brother Michael. And who's the sister? Malama. Sister Malama. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, call me, if you're, if you're a guy, say brother. If you're a girl, say sister. Call me Sister Shani. That's my new nickname. Hallelujah. No, no, you need to come to a place where when they ask you, what is your name? No, no, no. Uh, the, locals, the locals love to call me Sister Deepness. But anyways... On my NRC, put him there at Dinus. I don't know if you're getting my point. God's desire is for all men. So it's not enough just win souls. That's why you notice we are radical even about church attendance. We are radical about you listening to the sermons over and over again. Because God's desire is not just for you to be saved, but for you to come to the epignosis of the truth. To know how a meal tastes, you have to eat it over and over again. We've been telling you time and time again. Sermons are there. Download them. In fact, we've now started putting the series uh, even on our Google Drive and the like. You want to listen to a sermon once and you think you know it as much as I do. I've been studying epignosis for about eight years. It's my first time teaching it. Now, do you honestly think you know as much as I do in this topic? For that matter, just in the past two weeks, I've studied over eight hours of this topic. Do you honestly think we'll know, this, know it the same if all you do is listen to a sermon and say amen? No, you need to go listen to it and then you need to do your own study. So God's desire is for you to have epignosis. Haven't you noticed some people are more effective in communicating their faith than others? Do you know that it's scripture? Can I show you? Give me Philemon. Can you all turn your Bibles to Philemon chapter 4? Come on guys, Philemon chapter 4. I want someone from the audience to read it. Philemon chapter 4 verse 2. If you found it, raise your hand, please. Maybe you're close, raise your hand. You're about to find it. Who wants to read it for us? Philemon 4 verse 2. You are 
actually checked. <laughs> Philip has one chapter in Wewantu. <laughs> yeah, I, I, did your neighbor check? <laughs> Philemon chapter 1 verse 6 and this is like the most common scripture in Philemon verse 6 now this is what the Bible says this is how the word epignosis is used by the way that the sharing of your faith may become effective do you know what it means to be effective Come on, we know these words are used all over and over again. Sometimes we're even the ones who use them. Effectiveness and efficiency. I hope we actually know what they mean. Okay. Effective is simply doing what you wanted to do. When you achieve the result you wanted, then you've been effective. Efficiency is simply achieving it at the least possible cost. It's as simple as that. So, for example, if I wanted to get from here to Kawe, and I get there, I'm effective because I've managed to do that. But if my getting there involves me stopping so many times to buy food and stopping so many times to do whatever, and I end up spending 1,000, then I'm not as efficient as that person who boarded a bus and spent 120. But we're dealing with effectiveness. Actually, we're dealing with epignosis. Okay, I almost went into trainer mode. That the sharing of your faith. How many of you love to share your faith? How many of you would like it if you can post something on Facebook and someone's life can change? How many of you would like it if someone can give their life to Christ simply by having a conversation with you? How many of you would like it if you can share your faith and you're effective in doing so? Here's a secret. That the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. The Greek word there for acknowledgement is epignosis. So you want to share your faith effectively, what must you do? You must interact with every good thing God has put in you. So in short, if you still see yourself as a sinner, you still see yourself as wicked, you will struggle to teach righteousness. You have not interacted with it. If you still think worship is for the praise team, you will struggle to teach on worship. Hallelujah. So if you want, you can listen. If you want your faith to be effective, you must interact with that knowledge. I'll give you an example. I received a message the other day. Someone sent me a message and said, uh, pastor, I just want to testify. I had made a decision that I was getting rid of the child in my womb. As a matter of fact, I went to the hospital and I bought the drugs. And please, if you're a practitioner, stop helping people do this. Because people are now making side deals eh? to be helped. So the person just didn't want the child. And you know of late there is this movement 
I'm a woman. It's my body. I can do whatever I want with it. Yeah, that's what, that's what the world is teaching. But then the person inside is another person. And so, she says, Pastor, there was a day you posted on Facebook. No, actually, she said, ah, yeah, I remember. She said, you posted on Facebook. Do you remember when I posted? And you spoke against these things. That was the day I was going to take the drugs. I threw them away immediately. And the person is not from here. And they said, and the guy frustrated them and decided they're ending the thing. And so to get back at him, she wanted to get rid of the child, but decided to attend one service here. And says, as you are teaching, you just drifted and stayed giving an example. You are talking about me. And so now I just want you to pray for me that God will help me take care of this child. And I was thinking, wow. Someone's, you, you know what? You know what? We, just by talking like that, we could be saving the next apostle. That could be the next apostle. So you want to be effective, interact with the knowledge. Hallelujah. When you spend time in the presence of God, even your high is anointed. I'm telling you. <laughs> I've, I've, had, I've had stories. I remember one time I greeted someone back then, Unza days. I said, how are you? And the person says, you know, I've had a bad head the whole day. The moment you greeted me, it left. I'm like, yeah. Even my high is anointed. Someone would say, pastor. You've got the right to as well. The Bible says, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to. So think of yourself high, just not more than you ought to. I don't know if you're getting my point. Come on. glory you have to interact with it if you keep calling yourself useless how do you expect to effectively communicate God's because God needs you to be useful if you keep calling yourself worthless but God keeps calling you a mighty man of valor there will be trouble somewhere there will be an imbalance in the way you communicate the faith so that's one way epignosis is used So I hope now you understand when we say you need a revelation. It means you need knowledge beyond knowledge. You need to see the hidden meaning. And you know, how can I put it? The way it comes sometimes. Like, you can know ah, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You even used to say it as a memory verse like you are even competing with your neighbor to say it quickly. Then when God gives you a revelation of it, hey, for God so loved the world. Hey! For God so loved Frederick. Imagine, he overlooked all the wickedness. It wasn't his... It, he didn't sit and say, Ah, oh, Frederick is such a sinner. I've got this great desire to punish him. No, his desire was always, I've got a great desire to save him. I've got a great desire to save him. But I know I'm holy. So let me do this. Uh, Jesus, you're going there. 
And so he sent his only begotten son. Right now he has many of us. He only had one. <laughs> Jesus was the only begotten of the father. Now he's the firstborn among many. And then he sends his only begotten son. That what Frederick needs to do is just believe in him. Trust in him. And Frederick's status in heaven will not be about what he did or not. It will be about what Jesus did. And him doing the right thing of just believing him. Hey, the day it hits like that, you will start lifting your hands. Jesus loves me. Yes, I know. And then some Sunday school is like, he's singing my song. You know, it's mine. For the pine for <laughs> Oh, revelation. No, honestly, if you've read, we'll get to this in the Mountain of God series. Do you think Peter used to worship like the others? Do you think Peter, James, and John used to worship like the others after what they saw on the mountain when Jesus transfigured? Ha! That's why Paul only had one prayer for the Ephesian church which he repeated chapter 1 and then chapter 3. What was his major prayer for them? That they may just get a revelation. In summary, that's what he was praying for. So what do you think I've been praying over you? Revelation. That's the biggest prayer I pray. As a matter of fact, at the deepest level, I would rather you have a revelation of your wealth in Jesus Christ. It's, it's better than praying for money. Because once this the physical has no choice but to bow. The day I caught it, <laughs> that I can't fail at anything I do, my failure, or should I, eh, I, can't even, I don't even own failure. It's not possible. My success was no longer dependent on whether anyone approved of what I was doing or not. I'm telling you, you can shift your destiny from the hands of men to the hands of God. The day you get a revelation that your gates will be continually open. When you are looking at how things are going in the economy, you are praying for the sake of others. <laughs> revelation. Ask your neighbor, do you see what I see? Can you see it the way I'm seeing it? You know what the Apostle Paul says? Let me show you. First Corinthians chapter 4. What Revelations does to you is that everything earthly begins to feel so light and so useless. Let me show you. First, Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. <laughs> Now, look at what he says. The Apostle Paul, you know what this man went through? He was among the first fruit for the gospel. And you know what happens to first fruit? First fruit is always the one put on the front line. And you know what he went through? These guys would get whipped. You know, the other day, someone was asking me if I was being asked the side of being a man of God, which perhaps not always the best. And I was like, well, when many people know you, there are many opinions of you. Everyone wants an opinion. 
Everyone wants to decide your motivation for doing it. Many opinions. And at the end of the day, you can't justify yourself before everyone. I remember one time, if you've read my notes on Facebook, I would talk about some of the conversations I had with God on a bus. Then I remember one time I posted a conversation I had with God on a plane. Hey, the comments. Hey, Shanuko. <laughs> what I posted on a bus, you didn't complain. I don't... I, <laughs> um, and I think there was one time I was... Well, they are good. Good side street. So you know, there was one time I was at um, I was at Monday Hill. I wanted to get something to drink or something like that. So I entered a shop, and they didn't really have what I liked. And I think I was in a conversation on the phone, so I decided to walk out the other way. I didn't know there was a man calling me, so I'm walking. Before I know it, someone grabs me thinking personal space and I'm grabbed dragged to his seat made to sit down and then asked "Uh, so do you know me? No! (laughs) So it's got its side of things (laughs) but then do you know what I said? I said you can't compare what happens with us what this guy's experience and yet look at what he says we do not lose heart for though our outward man is perishing our inward man is renewed day by day so I find people are coming and they're feeling pity and he's feeling pity for them because what he's experiencing is more glorious than what they're experiencing and then look at what happens next verse when you see things from the place of revelation everything becomes small He says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. I now understand why sometimes people struggle to open up to spiritual people. This is where now, but when you're helping someone, you have to... I don't know if you're getting my point. When you're helping someone, you have to actually empathize. Otherwise, from your view, it might look so small. Like sometimes you receive a message, Sir, I've been given two days to live. And you are thinking, I am not the best one. Hezekiah was also given, so don't worry. (laughs) And the guy says, our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us. How does he start thinking affliction is working for him? How much dominion has he got a revelation of that even afflictions are his servants? Even afflictions work for him. Uh Uh-huh. A far more eternal glory. Now look at this. This is what happens with revelation. He says, we do not look at things which are seen, but at things which are not seen. It's when you view life from the perspective of things that other people can't see. That's why you, a carnal man cannot understand the things of the spirit. He says, we don't look at things which are seen, but things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. In short, they are subject to change. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Your life changes the day you begin to see what others don't see. The day you begin to see the invisible. You begin to talk to things that people don't know have ears. I 
Okay. Somebody speak glory to God. Okay. So now, somebody might be asking, how does revelation come? Can I give you one or two more scriptures that show the use of the word epignosis? Can I give you? Matthew chapter 14, verse 34. But mainly we'll read verse 35. How did I know? Study. When the men of that place recognized him. Let's start from verse 34. When they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret. Uh-huh. When the men of that place recognized him. Give me King James. When the men of that place had knowledge of him, what knowledge did they have of him? The word there is actually epignosis. When the men of that place had epignosis of him, they sent out all in that country and brought to him all that were diseased. Just hold on for a minute. You know what it means? There is something that they had interacted with. They had interacted with Jesus the healer. So when they had epignosis of Jesus the healer, they went to look for sick people. But didn't they? But Jesus was already known by some as the carpenter's son. And when they knew him as a carpenter, they would go look for people who need to have their chairs made. Can you imagine there's someone who once ordered a chair from Jesus? No epignation. Just notice, ah, I'm sitting on. Now, eh? My back. I used to feel to my back pains, but, anyways. Maybe it's that lotion I've been applying. <laughs> no epignosis. That's why, please, whatever way you're working, if you're in any form of customer service, be the best person there is. They may not have knowledge of what's in you. But for you, as you are giving them that letter, as you are, even if you are just in a shop and they've come to buy Ajax, you, when you touch that Ajax, that your hands are... and you give them the Ajax. Strange things will happen. Somebody say glory. High five. What's your name? Sorry? Prosper. I like the name. Okay. It's okay. Leave him. Let's leave him. It's okay. As long as he doesn't temper with the projector. We spent money on it. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Take your name and say epignosis. So what's our key word for today? Then Jesus 
was once asked. Give me Matthew 13, verse 11, KJV. Jesus was once asked, saying, How come to other people you speak in parables? Look at what he said. He answered and said, Because it is given unto you to epignosis the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For those who have just come, we are saying that in the Bible, what we see in English as the word knowledge, in the scriptures there are different words used. The highest one being the word epignosis. So can you imagine, it's already been given to you to epignosis the things of the kingdom. So someone may be asking, how come? Like maybe someone may be preparing, no. In other places, they just quote two scriptures. Why are you quoting for us scriptures? It's been given to you to epignosis things. God knows you've got everything it takes. You're very capable of understanding all this stuff. Say, it's been given to me. Okay. So now let's look at a few ways in which revelation comes. So as we are doing this series, I'll be talking a lot about the word revelation. So when I say revelation, I hope you now know what I mean. When I say revelation, I'm talking about the process of becoming aware and then you interact with that which you've become aware of until you come to a place of full knowledge. Hallelujah. It's the process of, hi, how do you do? What is your name? My name is Michael. I've become aware that he's Michael. Then as we continue to talk, I get to know more and more things about him. So it's full knowledge. I don't just have knowledge which I've seen on a Facebook profile. I know him personally. I can know Michael Azanda. And someone else is saying, Aweh, he's just joking, can't she? I've had an epignosis. I've had an interaction. How would like that? Haven't you noticed someone can stand and say, you know God is in this place. He's moving like this. Is it always that they hear a voice saying, God is in this place? No, sometimes they've just had an interaction with him. Haven't you noticed people who can just tell that's a demon. I demon here. Why? Because they've interacted with the ministry of deliverance. When I'm praying for someone, I can easily tell if it's an evil spirit because of interaction. There are some people when they just hear the beat. They can tell, ah, Ninimboyari Hanaja. If only, if only, if only, if only it could be the same. When they hear in the beginning, they should be able to tell. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was with God in the beginning. Through him were all things made, and without him was nothing made which was made. Come on! Have you interacted with it? What's the Nyanja word for interact? <laughs> Epignosis. <laughs> 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 
Okay. Can I tell you another thing epignosis does? Show you a scripture which will amaze you. How many of you, yesterday I was at Bishop Banda's church. And I was teaching on the subject of grace. I won't lie, I taught. Hallelujah. Those of you who like following me around when I'm going to teach, you are my witnesses, I taught. Now, First Peter chapter 1 verse 2. What does the Bible say? Second Peter chapter 1 verse 2. The Bible says, Grace and peace multiplied unto you. How many of you would like grace not just to be added, but multiplied? Here is the secret. Through the epignosis of God, Jesus our Lord, you see that you will never see this scripture again. The moment you realize it's like that, then when I'm preaching, you'll be taking notes. The moment you realize it's like that, then when a sermon like this one blesses you, you'll listen to it again. Because you know that as your knowledge of it is increasing, what's happening? Grace and peace is being multiplied. So if today I have a revelation that Jesus heals, then the grace on my life to heal the sick will increase. It means if today I have a revelation that Jesus prospers, then the grace for prosperity will increase. If today I have a revelation that Jesus <laughs> I was going to say something, it will sound so funny. If today, this one I won't quote a revelation, I have a thought that Jesus is a friend of sinners. I'll keep sinning and believing that he's my friend. Yeah, I've just stepped on one or two people's shoes there. I've never understood anyone who can call Jesus a friend of sinners. You know who called Jesus a friend of sinners? The Pharisees. You know when he called the disciples his friends? Even the disciples, they never called them his friends until John 15, when he says, now I'm no longer calling you servants, but friends, because you have known the will of my Father. Meaning his definition of a friend is someone who's known God's will. That's why, no, listen. Someone would say, what about Mary Magdalene? Who says she remained a prostitute? Any sinner who interacted with Jesus, their life changed. So when you get a revelation that Jesus is Savior of sinners, you start seeing people getting saved. Hallelujah. It wouldn't be salvation if it leaves you a sinner. No, you've been saved from what? Then what's the point of all this? Imagine you've been accepted into university and they're still calling you a school leaver. And then they're calling you a lecturer, lecturer of school leavers. <sighs> Anyways, how does revelation come? Number one, 
when studying and meditating on the word of God. Give me Psalm 119 verse 30 verse 130. Psalm 119 verse 130. What is the longest chapter in the Bible? Ask your neighbor what's the longest chapter in the Bible? Uh-huh. Ten tivere. Then there are Philemon chapter one. So the entrance of your words gives light. You can give me New King James. It gives understanding unto the simple. Someone may be saying, Apostle, me, I don't know how to study the Bible. Me, I'm simple. I don't know how to. I'm not so good at memorizing scriptures. I'm not so good at all this stuff. Here is a secret. The entrance of his word brings light. What's light? It's revelation. And it gives understanding to the simple. That's how come the apostles, despite not having been educated like the Pharisees of that day, could give people the history, law, Moses, this, this. And then they're like, these guys are not learned. And yet they are talking like this. They've been with Jesus. So they had interacted with Jesus. They had epignosis of Jesus. Presley, you can move a bit. You're so comfortable. There's a projector screen there. So the entrance of your word gives light. So as the word is entering you, it brings light. So every time you're studying the Bible, every time you're studying, every time the word is entering you, I want you to know light is entering you. So as I'm talking right now, light is entering you. Haven't you noticed you've come for a service and maybe there's a habit that you had and you are okay with it. After the service, you're not okay with it. Why? Because when the lights are switched on, you're able to see what's not in order. The entrance of his word brings light. How do you say light in Nyanja? Nyali. Imaleta Nyali. Hallelujah. The entrance of his word brings light. I didn't always know this stuff. Ten years from now, you'll be thinking, who is this person? Hmm, the levels will be flowing in. Let me not tell you about them yet. I'm studying towards them. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the entrance of his word brings light. He can take a seat. The entrance of his word brings light. And so when you are studying the word, revelation is coming. Number two, do you know that revelation comes as you are listening to the word being taught to you? I'll do a teaching just on this. But let me just show you a scripture. Acts 14, verse 8 and 9. The apostle Paul is teaching. And in Lister, a certain man, this is Acts 14 verse 8, without strength in his feet was sitting. 
a cripple from his mother's womb. As in the guy didn't become a cripple when he was born. In his mother's womb, he was already a cripple. That's being crippled. Who had never walked, never walked in his life. Look at this. This man heard Paul speaking. He was not the only person hearing Paul. Who knows? Maybe he was not even the only people hearing Paul. Who knows? Maybe he didn't want to be at the meeting. Maybe he just found himself there. Because the person who carries him was there. He heard Paul speaking. And then as Paul was speaking, Paul was looking in the audience. And look what the Bible says. Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith be healed. Meaning, as Paul was preaching, we are not even taught the topic. This man was getting a revelation for his healing. And Paul could even see it, that this man is catching it. Ambulance ya pita. As in the guy was focused, concentrating. Even check who's texted you on WhatsApp, you reply. You check the scores for football. Then just so that you don't feel shy, you give a loud aim. Then when I said turn to your neighbor, you just look lost. Nothing. No epigenosis. Not gnosis. <laughs> What's happening today? People are catching it. Words are spiritual, eh? Only everyone can catch it. Imagine what it would be like. Everyone in this church was to catch it. How do you think our worship sessions would be like? Imagine if everyone just caught it. Like everyone caught it. That's my heart. That's how I pray for them every week. What's your name? Kenneth. Good to meet you. You can take your seats briefly. As we attempt, let me just give the last point to Pembele. Pongo was observing him intently. By the way, let me tell you something. Can I tell you one gift? You want me to be honest? Eh? There are some people who've come to me before and they've said, Pastor, what has God said to you about me in terms of service or me in terms of this, me in terms of this? Let me tell you one gift that a pastor has. The gift of observation. If I can call it that. Paul just observed him. Paul didn't even hear the spirit there. He just observed. You know, you can just observe. This person has grown. Give them to lead prayers. Sometimes even just by observation, there are things you can tell. If you want to come and ask me, I can tell this one used to be proud. They've become humble. This one is listening to the teachings more. 
then this one is a hybrid of too many things. They don't know where they stand. Observation. So Paul observed him. He could see. He observed. Yes, sometimes you're preaching. You can tell this one wants it. This one wants everything. This one wants all of it. This one wants this one wants it. Come on, is anyone who wants it? And you know what? You don't always have to lay hands. When Peter was speaking, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them. You can tell this one is catching it. Sometimes I is, uh, someone will come tell me, Pastor, that person who you see coming to church, every Friday they go out. I said, no, just tell them to keep coming. There is a day they will catch it. <laughs> no! <laughs> there is a day they will catch it. Rabashen il abros kol ibra. Entokri. Stop, stop, stop. Bros. Krem. El impra. Antolis. Elekre. Kos. Lastens. Quick, 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 quick. Stand behind me. Jekrantus. Kel embredes. Pronto. Kosidis. Elekrantus. Kel ibra. Okay. The last point. Please, just be with me. The last point. You, you, you want to know why I stopped? It's one thing to see them in the spiritual. It's another thing to see them in the flesh. Okay. I shall stay in position. Let me just finish the last point. Paul! heard Paul speaking. This one heard the Apostle Fred speaking. <laughs> and Paul observed that he had faith to be healed. Next verse. Next verse. And said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. The man didn't stand. His level of revelation was too high. He leaped. <laughs> hey, he leaped. sure you know what Paul was talking about. Probably that was the day Paul was saying, oh, how God anointed Jesus of the Holy Ghost and power. And he went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed by the devil. And the man was just thinking, hey, the power of Jesus is greater. The power of Jesus is greater. The man was not thinking where the legs come from. The man was thinking where the bones come from. Stand up and walk the man Now, the final point. Revelation comes when we pray for it. What, what do I mean? Give me Ephesians 1.16. It means, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. The Bible says, just live her. It's okay. The Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Now, let me explain that. The word wait there 
shows an aspect of focus. How many of you watch National Geographic Channel? I love to. Have you ever seen, especially the cats, the, the focus they have when they want to attack an animal? They'll be patient. They'll be focused. 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 Their attention is just on that. We can focus our prayers in line with revelation. You can be deliberate. There is a man of God, he's late now, called Brother Kenneth Hagin. The man prayed this prayer, I don't know how many times, Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3. I was talking to Bishop and he was telling me when he got saved, this is the prayer he kept praying. Ephesians 1. We can actually deliberately focus. Look at this. It says, do not cease to give, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And this prayer. That the God of our Lord Christ, the Father of glory, Wait, I've just seen it like this for the first time. He's literally the father of glory. May give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So, we can actually focus. And by the way, the word there is epignosis. We can actually focus our prayers. That same focus that you put when you're praying for your husband. And it's okay. Now imagine if you could also put the same focus in praying for revelation. Because once, let me tell you what revelation will do for you. The Holy Spirit will make you aware of what God has freely given you. You will find that there are certain things you will not even need to pray for. That before you ask, it will be yours because you've got a revelation that it's yours. So, He may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. There will be a day we will go through this scripture. Imagine that you may know the love which surpasses knowledge if you read from Ephesians 3. You can focus your prayers in line with revelation. You can focus your prayers and say, Lord, at this level. I thank you for what you've shown me. But scripturally, you've told me in Jeremiah 33, visit verse 1 to 3, you've told me, call upon, is that Jeremiah 33 or Jeremiah 31? 33. Give me Jeremiah 33. Why you say, Lord, you've told me through Jeremiah. Yes. Uh-huh. The next one. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Hey. You can actually focus your prayers and say, Lord, I want to know things I don't know. Tell me more about prophecy. Tell me more about health. Tell me more about Jesus. Tell me more about heaven. Tell me more. I want to see what Ezekiel saw. I want to see what Isaiah saw. Tell me more. Imagine that came focus and pray like that. You are a revelation away from your next level. This is for everyone. It's not for some people. Back in the Old Testament, it was for the prophets. Imagine now, it's for everyone. 
and God is just he, he wants you see the Bible says do not cast precious pearls to pigs so God is not going to give it to somebody who's not hungry so we can pray for it you know another one you can do can I tell you another way revelation comes praying in other tongues you know somebody asked how can you say how okay let me show you first corinthians chapter 2 let me show you something first corinthians chapter 2 give me verse 9 and we'll go down somebody say i'm following atasha you're catching this you can know what they don't know you can know what they don't know you can be like joseph Joseph caught it in the spirit. Pharaoh always wanted Joseph next to him. You can have a spiritual advantage like Daniel. Lord, release that anointing of Joseph and Daniel in this place. for one more minute to do uh, you know what let me explain just the tongues one as it is written I has not seen nor ear heard nor has it entered into the heart of a man the things which God has prepared for those who love him uh -huh. but God has revealed them through his spirit for the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. So the Holy Spirit reveals these things which eye has not seen. And he even reveals deep things. Let's go on. Next verse. Next verse. Now listen to this. Listen to this. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world but the spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God next verse these things we also speak not in words which man wisdom teaches but which the Holy Spirit teaches comparing things spiritual things with spiritual it even sounds mysterious eh? give me the King James now these things, these revelations, what do we do with them? We, which things also we speak not in words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Next verse. But the natural man receives not these things of the Spirit, for they are foolishness to him. Next verse. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged by no man. So these revelations, these mysteries, as we speak them. But we don't speak them in words that man teaches. Let me, give me Jude verse 20. And we do know the Bible tells us, he who speaks in tongues speaks mysteries. There are 
there are wisdoms that person is speaking that the earth cannot understand. They are too high for the earth. Jude 20, it says, Beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Meaning, your faith is at a level. There is your level which is your most holy faith. You can actually build up on that most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. That's why for me, when I hear a powerful teaching, immediately afterwards, I pray in tongues. I pray in the Spirit. I, I speak in mysteries. Then do you know what will happen? The Bible says that a person who prays in tongues should pray that they interpret. What do you think happens when you start interpreting? It's revelation. It's revelation. Whenever I have a dream, I've had cases where I, I, I once had an encounter where I was taken literally somewhere and God was teaching me. The moment I woke up from that encounter, I couldn't remember anything he said. I was concerned. You know what I did? I prayed in tongues. Because as far as I was concerned, it was communicated to my spirit, so my mind could not remember it. And I prayed in tongues and prayed in tongues and asked God for interpretation. All of a sudden, the dream started coming. I said, remembering that, no, he said this, then he said that, then he said that. Because when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you are building up on your most holy faith. It's a spiritual thing. And that's why for us, when we're praying in the Holy Ghost, we take it seriously. When we say, okay, now it's time to pray in the Holy Ghost. We stop whatever we are doing. We focus on our minds on Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Then we lift our hands. Listen, for me, it's, it, it's, it's something I do daily. I may be tired. I may not be tired. I may have had a long day. If I've had a long day and maybe my mind is filled with thoughts, it's okay. I don't need to pray the words of my mind. I don't know if you're getting my point. Maybe my mind is tempting me to be worried. I don't need to pray those words. I'll just go sit in my corner, lift my hands. Something you can't expect. You can't expect to walk in spiritual things if you've not without desiring to speak spiritual languages you have to desire these spiritual languages and you know it's beyond one syllable or two there is a place where it becomes a language now hold on hold on someone may wonder why do we emphasize this tongues thing so much where do you think all of you came from? Where do you think you all came from? Where do you think all this stuff came from? Hold on. When we were starting this church, all I did was walk into a meeting with 20 quarter for offering and a vision. Where do you think you all came from? Where, no, where do you think you all came from? In the spirit, we called your name. We called out Rebon Takarara. We call it. We call it. We call it. For that one, we'll show you the scriptures later. Listen. Just listen to this. There are some people here you may be wondering, and 
some I know you are new to this some may be wondering pastor how can you be preaching people are flying all over they are going on the floor and the like I love that can I tell you why let me tell you why I love it because I was once there that's where I caught something like this from issues have happened before I've never lost it because in a meeting like this one I caught it Now, you may not know the spiritual strength that some people need right now to preach to the millions God has called them to preach. Catch it! Catch it! Catch it! Catch it! Wherever you are!